But let me ask you this. If Pinterest gave you 90% of your ROI, how much time would you be willing to give it? Yo, welcome to Super Crusher, your crush-worthy dose of influencer hacks, mindset shifts, business tricks, and candy-flavored makeout sessions hosted by yours truly, Belle, coming to you from my super tiny place in Paris. Today's episode is brought to you by Vision Akash Build a Course Toolkit, a complete 80-day training that shows you how to become an influencer with a course-based business. To get started, check out our free training at supercrush.social forward slash three. So if I sound weird, it's because I am getting over a cold, but I do feel much better. Um, Thank you for asking. And um, here we go. So here's the deal. This episode has been sitting on my hard drive forever as I've been traveling and eating cheese and sleeping but there has never been actually a better time to push this thing out because no matter what kind of business you have or plan on having after listening to this episode you'll totally want to really start focusing on Pinterest in your social strategy if you're if you're not doing it already or hire someone who can do it for you and I know just the person and we are talking to her today. Her name is Kara Chase, and she has maybe the coolest backstory ever. She is a former special agent who then became the social media manager for the band Megadeth. (laughs) This girl is rock star as fuck, and today I am totally crushing on her. She is an online marketing strategist whose company focuses on Pinterest marketing and management for online entrepreneurs with a dose of business tips and productivity advice. So yeah, she was basically managing like 13 million fans over 17 social media accounts as her first job in social media, no big deal. She'll tell us more about that in the conversation. But basically, she helps solopreneurs and small businesses figure out their online strategies. And in this conversation, Kara is going to dispel some common myths about Pinterest And she's going to give us a few pointers on how to use it strategically for marketing. This this stuff is solid gold, you guys. Um, Pinterest is going to be the next big thing in in advertising, I think. So stick around to the end and I will drop the link to some cool stuff and free stuff. And also those links will be in the show notes. Before we get started... Mm -hmm. I usually start this podcast with my definition of a super crush, which is what my company is all about. I'm really into neuroplasticity and epigenetics and like the brain rewiring itself. That's awesome. I think that's like an important part of business Mm -hmm. because we kind of all need to do a lot of mindset work to get ourselves in the right place to kind of just really jam out in a way that doesn't have a lot of blocks around it. I like to say being an entrepreneur is the biggest personal development course you could ever take. Totally. It's like a very spiritual process because you will hit every fucking block you have. Every single Um, one. (laughs) Yeah. So when we're like in our tween area, Mm -hmm. like around 13 to 14, 15, whatever, we are like actually at our optimal human potential. And unfortunately, there's so much going on that like in our culture, it kind of 
gets shut down and we get crazy with the hormones and everything. I just everything is in so intense that I think that we're not really prepared to actually deal with it. So intense. Anybody that remembers middle school that hasn't like purged it from right. their memory is like, I mean, the amount of growth <laughs> in your brain, not just the hormones, not just the social constructs and all of that, but the amount that your brain wires itself during those years is is astounding. Right, because you're kind of like alive, alive in a way that you maybe weren't alive and conscious in a way that you maybe weren't as a kid and mm-hmm. then maybe you kind of shut down a lot of that stuff at, you know as you grow into your teens mm-hmm. after just like a lot of baggage. Right. But <laughs> right. Yes. My point is that is the part of your life where your heart is like open, unlike unless you've had like some severe trauma in your younger childhood right. or whatever. Like, and even if you have, your heart is still very open. You're coming into this awareness of everything, you right. know, the other sex or the same sex or whatever. You know, you're like, you're coming into this sort of like sexual awareness. Mm-hmm. That part is starting to open up. And I kind of feel like, but in a cute way. And I kind of feel like that's when we are able to really crush out. The light goes on and we're like, whoa. Right. But then eventually it gets conditioned out of us and then we go into the world and it's shut down. Well, I think there's a lot (laughs) of intense feelings that happen at that age. Um, And that kind of goes along with your, you know, crushing and all that kind of stuff. There's just a lot of intense feelings. And then we learn to keep them hidden or what's safe to talk about and what isn't or whatever. Exactly. I want to like open that back up. I kind of feel like that is where the power source is for for everything that we build as adults. And most of us just are not tapping into that energy because it's latent. It's like shut down. We're not really activating that stuff. We're not allowing ourselves as adults to do shit like, you know, go skinny dipping or, you know what I mean? There's like so much adult crap around. And part of my mission in life, not only to help people, you know, do what (laughs) build businesses or do whatever, is kind of about giving them permission to like open that tween part of them back up Mm -hmm. and let it fly. And it's so much cooler as an adult because you can cuss and you can drink. Right. (laughs) You can have ice cream for dinner. I just had um, potato chips for lunch. I mean, (laughs) do you remember your first crush? If you could like conjure that energy right now, do you remember what that feels like? Oh my gosh. No, I do not remember my first crush. Um, You don't? Okay. Not really. I mean, not one that was um, like an actual person that I knew. I think I the first time I was aware of like, oh my gosh, I need a poster of this guy for my room was (laughs) Brad Pitt in Legends of the Fall, if I'm dating myself. Yes. Totally dating myself. But when that movie came out, I was like, oh my damn, like (laughs) that right there. So. Hello. I love that movie. That's on, you know, actually film therapy is something that I feel like I use a lot, you know, spending so much time in front of the computer and I just Mm -hmm. need to like chill. Legends of the Fall would be a 
is that the 90s? That's like the early, the late 90s. I think 90s, early right? 90s. Early. Mid 90s? In the 90s somewhere. Well, you know, I'm into like Cameron Crowe and John Hughes and, you right. know, movies like that that just had like so much integrity. They had so much super crush energy like kind of baked into them. Yes. And these days everyone's trying to kind of copy that, but it's not really working. Like it's- No. It's a it's different all, like, time creepy. in a different place. Yeah. So anyway, all right, let's just, now that we have the super crush stuff sorted out. (laughs) (laughs) I only have serious super crusher people on this podcast though. People who I just know totally are rocking it that way because I'm I'm just kind of tuned into those people. So thank you. Thank you. For your super crush energy. (laughs) For sure. I want to rewind. You have got the craziest backstory I do. Ever. I do. And so let us know what that is. Like, how did you get into this? And even before that, what what happened? Yeah. So I do have a crazy backstory. And sometimes it, I feel like, oh my gosh, I'm telling this story again. Like, isn't it old by now? But then people are like, no, no, no. This is the most unique, weird thing. So yeah. Um, so I actually started my first career right out of college. Uh, I was recruited as a special agent for the federal government. So I was a special agent for 10 years, which is criminal investigations, um, you know, badging a gun and plain clothes and doing some really high level intense stuff. And somewhere in the middle of those 10 years, I realized that it was not fulfilling in any way whatsoever. And I did not want to spend 25 years in that career. It was taking years off my life. It was kind of at a time where I realized I was way more creative than I thought I was. And you can't get more uncreative than working for the federal government. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Yeah. So Uh, you know, I started realizing this is not what's lighting me up. This is negatively affecting me emotionally, um, physically, you know, all this kind of stuff. And I, and I don't own anything about my life. I don't own my time. I don't, I don't own anything. Um, there was no autonomy, I guess is another way to put it. We had the opportunity, my husband and myself to make a big move and we left San Diego. Both my husband and I are native San Diegans, which is pretty rare nowadays. And we decided that it was just not the sleepy beach town that we grew up in. We needed a change. We decided that we really did want to start a family. Uh, we had been married 10 years before we even considered um, starting a family. So we moved up to Portland, Oregon, and I left my career and had no idea what I was going to do. It was like the classic leap and the net shall appear. I had no idea. <laughs> um, and people Love thought it. I was crazy. They were like, you are getting paid such good money. You have these benefits that nobody gets nowadays for being, you know, a federal civilian employee. Um, You know, the retirement and and all this kind of stuff, I would have been eligible for a full retirement at 47 years old, if that gives you any idea of like what I walked away. And most people were like, you're crazy, you're nuts. What are you thinking? And I had this moment of like, this is you talking, not me. Like, this is about you 
right. being scared and never mm-hmm. being able to make that decision. This has nothing to do with me. So we moved up to Portland, had no idea what I was going to do. And I <laughs> talk about 90s, okay, going back to all of that. <laughs> I am a total like 90s metalhead. I am talking Megadeth, Metallica, Slayer, Anthrax, Pantera, like all of that kind. Those are like my feel good, nostalgic bands. <laughs> so awesome. Uh, right. Yeah. So I was part of the Megadeth fan club and participated in their forums and was just kind of in that world and in those circles. And I. Uh, basically started free uh, volunteering for free on their Facebook page um, because they had a very small team of moderators that would go in and just clear out the, you know, the spam and the hate and discontent and just all the crap that goes on on a Facebook page like that. And at the time their, their Facebook page for the band had six and a half million likes. So you can imagine that was like a full-time job. And I wasn't getting paid. It was just kind of like, well, I don't really know what I'm going to do. And this is fun for me. And I started seeing all these opportunities that they were missing in social media and digital marketing, uh, which was very common. This was way back in like 2011. So it was very common for that to be the case for the entertainment industry and some of these industries that kind of always seem to be behind the times a little bit. They just weren't doing the digital marketing stuff. Well, so in the span of like a year and a half, I went from being a free Facebook moderator to being the social media manager for Megadeth and Dave Mustaine. Um, I started their Instagram, did all sorts of like contests, working with Universal Music Group on their um, album launches and their tours, working with the promoters, all that kind of stuff. And at the end, I was managing 13 million fans across 17 social media (laughs) accounts. And that was my very first job in social media. So it was kind of one of those, well, here's the net. Like, I'm actually really good at this. Mm. And Dave Mustaine is a very exacting, um, on the ball, very smart person. And I knew that I would never have gotten there if I wasn't really good at it. So I did that for a couple years and it just kind of was one of those, like, this is the end of the line. It's time to do something different. It's very difficult to get paid what you're worth in the entertainment industry. Mm -hmm. I'll put it that way. So it was kind of one of those, okay, this is all fine and good to be able to say that I'm the social media manager for Megadeth, but I need to feed my family. So I started my own business. It was kind of one of those, okay, well, well, I'm just going to go for it and see what happens. And I was really lucky in my very first client was a project that was a website and social media and, and all sorts of stuff. But it was a project that was backed by the drummer of Iron Maiden. So (laughs) I get to say that that was my very first client when I went into business. And, you know, over the years, that was, gosh, that was like 2014. Maybe that it seems like right. so long ago, but that was just like a few years ago, right? Right. <laughs> um, and it was totally one of those. Wow. I had never built a website before. And they came to me and said, do you build websites? And I said, yes, I do. And I figured <laughs> yeah. out how to do it. Right. Yeah. Um, that kind of like having those cojones is seriously underestimated 
in the entrepreneur world. Like you just figure it out. So I started my business doing all the things, social media, you know, websites, blogging, email marketing, like anything that could fall under the digital marketing umbrella. And I realized after a few years, like, well, you know, this is what I really like doing, or this is what I don't like doing. I never want to have to do this again. I don't like, I love blogging. I don't like blogging for clients, you know, and you just kind of sift and sort Mm -hmm. as you go through your business and your entrepreneurial journey, as far as these are the people I want to work with and don't, these are the things that I want to do and don't. And that's really how I got to Pinterest about over a year and a half ago, maybe closing in on two years. I had this realization that not only do I love Pinterest personally, because it's like the introverts platform. Totally. Right. But the work I was doing on Pinterest for myself and my clients was the ROI, the return on investment was blowing everything else out of the water. So it was like, well, okay, here's my niche. And as soon as I niched into Pinterest, what I noticed was that people knew how to refer me. So instead of I do all the things and so people didn't really know how to describe what I do or, you know, whatever, it was, oh, you want to know about Pinterest? Talk to Kara. You want to learn how to do this or that with Pinterest? Talk to Kara. Um, and it's made all the difference for sure. So that's the um, kind of short version. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, it is a very unique story. So much is happening with Pinterest I noticed lately. So I guess you kind of saw where it might go. I mean, I think like me, so many people have had accounts forever and I have I still haven't even implemented so many things that you <laughs> told me to do yet because it's right. kind of like on the bottom of my to-do list, like a lot of people. But so you're saying it started kind of working for you at the very beginning. You kind of figured it out mm-hmm. early. Yeah. And so my question, I guess, is like if – if you could see where it was going a few years ago, mm-hmm. can you see where it's about to go? Because I have a feeling that it's about to like kind of take over despite the it's fact that It's about to like, blow up. Yeah. Well, and part of it is because they are going public this year. Oh, okay. That's going to be a really big deal. For, what will that mean for Pinteresters out there? That is going to mean that their shareholders are now the bottom line and they are going to have to earn income and that is going to translate to ads. Now they're already earning income, but what I think is going to happen, I think it's going to be kind of a pros and cons situation. The con is going to be getting email addresses for 10 cents an email address on Pinterest is not going to happen anymore. However, I think that the pro is that because that's going to be a focus and where they have to really shift their business, they're going to come out with way more tools and things that you can do with Pinterest ads that they haven't implemented yet. I think that's going to be a focus for usability and ROI. I've noticed that they just started using um, or letting you kind of upload videos. Yeah. Oh, for sure. You can use videos for ads too as well, right? Absolutely. So they they got the word. um, 
when they started video ads, I was able to test some and do some for myself and my clients. And it was ridiculously expensive. It was like $9 a video view. But what had happened was, okay, somebody watching your video is a huge indicator of engagement. And so what we started doing was, all right, we got 50 bucks or a hundred bucks or whatever. We'll just use that for this video ad until it's gone. And the purpose of it being all those people that watch that video, that is a great indicator of engagement. We're going to set that up as a retargeting audience and retarget those video viewers with a regular pin that's way, way cheaper. So um, that tactic has been working successfully, but they got the memo about, okay, this is way too expensive. And the last I heard, I haven't run a campaign lately, but the last I heard was video views are down to like $2 a view from nine. So hmm. so you can actually go as deep as retargeting things and stuff. So they, Oh my gosh, yeah. yes. Yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. You can retarget, set up custom audiences. There's all the demographics like age and location and all that kind of stuff. So yeah. Well, so I'm dealing with a lot of change going on um, with Facebook right now and mm-hmm. this launch I'm dealing with. Right. And it's kind of a lot of chaos. And I'm yeah. I'm wondering, like, I was kind of hoping maybe Pinterest could sort some of these yeah. Like, yeah. take over. Because um, one of the things that drives me crazy – okay, let me rewind. I think the thing that – I liked about Pinterest before was that it felt a little bit more mom and pop shop. You know the introvert I mean? platform, like, sure. It's like I don't have to give them my first, you know, right. born. Yes. <laughs> like, but, and maybe that's all ending, but I don't know. It's just so complicated. It's getting so complicated and so expensive with Facebook. Mm-hmm. And, so I'm hoping that like the Pinterest thing could kind of take over. Do you see something like that happening potentially? Oh my gosh, yes. Um, and I actually want to challenge you on something that you said just a couple of minutes ago because I want to change your mindset right now. Okay, yeah, so totally. You said it's on, I have, so you and I had a power hour, which is where I sat with you on Zoom and like it was full on one-to-one step-by-step coaching what you needed to do. And you just said it's on the bottom of my list as it is for a lot of people just haven't gotten around to it, which is what I hear from people a lot. But let me ask you this. If Pinterest gave you 90% of your ROI, how much time would you be willing to give it? You're right. I mean, you're totally right. I think it's that mindset shift because I'm getting giving all of my money and focus right now to Facebook to launch mm-hmm. like in the middle of this launch. And if it's working for you, that's all fine and good. Like as the CEO of your business, you have to know what a good ROI is, what, you know, all those numbers of is this worth the investment? But what I know for myself and a lot of people out there is they're no longer seeing that ROI with Facebook or Instagram. Exactly. And that's what that's why I'm so excited to have this conversation. Everyone's so kind of entrenched yes. in this like, Facebook model right now, including me, but I can see the light. What kind of metrics have you seen that will help me understand how powerful Pinterest ads can be. If I like, let's say tomorrow I like just totally shifted my focus mm-hmm. to Pinterest. Yeah. 
Um, well, there's two parts to it, really. It's not just ads. It's it's your profile and your strategy in general. So to start with, you could easily, if you put the effort that you needed to put into Pinterest, which is not nearly as much effort as you have to do with Facebook and Instagram. But if you really said, okay, I'm doing this strategy, I'm doing it 100%, here we go. Within six months, you could easily see 80 to 90% of your social traffic coming from Pinterest. So your website's job is to convert those people, but Pinterest is like no other traffic driver that I have ever seen. And its sole purpose is to get people to your website. Facebook doesn't want you to post anything that takes you off Facebook unless you pay a pretty penny for it. Yes, good point. Instagram gives you that one little link in your profile unless you have more (laughs) than 10,000 followers. They don't want you to leave their platform. Right. Pinterest wants you to find what you're looking for and go get more of it. They want you to go to people's websites. That's how it's designed. Yeah. There's nothing else out there like it. So when you're talking about ads, and again, this could all change drastically and quickly with the IPO stuff and, you know, all the changes coming down the pipeline. But I have a case study of one of my students who she compared um, ads on Facebook versus ads on Pinterest to get people to her free quiz. So she had a free quiz on her website that was designed to build her email list, which is a very common tactic. She spent something like 30 bucks on Facebook. It was just a quick apples, you know, apples to apples test. Um, 30 bucks on Facebook and got no email addresses. She spent 30 bucks on Pinterest and I don't remember what the total was, but she ended up paying eight cents per email address. Wow. Not lead, email address. People that actually followed through, took the quiz and gave her their email. And the best part about that is she knows she attracted the right audience because the email sequence follow-up from that quiz had something crazy like a 60 to 70% open rate. If she's getting emails, wouldn't that be considered a lead or not? Yeah, it depends on how you look at it. Some people consider just traffic okay. a okay. lead. Basically, it's somebody has taken some sort of action to get into your funnel. For Pinterest, that would be a lead is a user coming from Pinterest to your website. But again, it's like, okay, well, that's up to you to take it from there. So Facebook, the reason I differentiate that is Facebook would consider traffic a lead versus what's the actual skin in the game metric. Does that make sense? Yes. Let's talk about funnels. Let's say you've made an online course, which is what I teach people to do. And then you want to send people to your free training. How would you use Pinterest to do that? Yeah, it would be um, the funnel starts with the pin that's on Pinterest. And the pin is linked to whatever you're driving traffic to on your site, whether that is a blog with information that then goes to the free training. It could be the landing page to sign up for the free training itself. It's just any page on your website, or if it's a lead page or a click funnels page or something like that. So it's a very simple and who doesn't want more simple 
in their life and their business. So uh, you do your pin, you know, the description has keywords in it that is going to get the pin found. The pin is a great graphic that follows best practices and somebody clicks through and however you do it, you get them to sign up for the free training, whether it's a blog that has a call to action for it or the landing page for the free training itself. And then in order to get the free training, it's called a lead magnet or an opt-in or whatever it is, they give you their email address. And here's the really, really, the part where you have to fine tune and test. It's all about the follow-up. It's all about the email sequence and how you continue to build that relationship with that lead. So after they've done the free training or after they've given you their email address, then you put them into an email sequence that says, hey, did you watch this? Here's like the, if you do nothing else, here's the one thing you need to do out of this free training. Then, you know, maybe the next email is, hey, I hope you love the free training. Here's my other, like, here's the top five blogs on my website that have to do with this subject or this industry or whatever. And you nurture that lead and you continue to build that relationship by providing them valuable expertise. And then at some point along the line, and this journey is different for everyone, every customer, every business, there's not like a cookie cutter way to do this, despite what people will tell you. Um, You offer them, whether it's a tripwire or a course or whatever it is, you invite them to put more skin in the game than an email address. You invite them to hire you, buy from you, whatever it is. It doesn't really get more simple than that, but I don't want to, I mean, you have to test. You have to be willing to try different things, try different email sequences, try different ways to do things. Um, Whatever it is, you're going to have to figure out what your audience needs and how to best build that relationship with them. Totally. You told me so many cool little secret tips during our power hour that just like kind of blew my mind. Um, One of them was that you can't send a pin or you shouldn't send a pin to something that has like a countdown timer or something like that. Do you remember that? Yeah. um, So Pinterest really only wants evergreen content because pins live forever. This is the huge difference between Facebook and Pinterest. If you are doing a launch that has any sort of like doors open, doors close, you know, so many days until the webinar or whatever it is, you really can't do that very well with Pinterest, so to speak. It is really truly an evergreen platform, which is why it's so fantastic. So you cannot promote a pin where wherever they're going to has some sort of countdown timer, this date, you know, this webinar is on this date, whatever, they won't approve it because they only want things on the platform that are current and are going to be there whenever somebody sees the pin. Well, okay. So there were just so many things that you said during my power hour that were I was just kind of like, oh my gosh, tell us all about your products that you have. Yeah, sure. So um, I do, I'm at carachase.com, which is C-A-R-A-C-H-A-C-E. And I have a ton of blogs on there. I've been blogging for years. So that is a great like, hey, do you have a blog on this or whatever? I tend to 
give a lot of information in those blogs. But as far as actually working with me or having me help you, there's three main ways that I work with people. One is that I do run a Pinterest management and marketing agency. So I have one-to-one clients. These are for the total like boss lady on online entrepreneurs that just want to outsource. They know Pinterest is what they need to do. They know they're not the expert. They want to hire the export expert. That is what I do. So if you're not quite at that level, I have a membership community called PinterestPowerUp.com. And I do have some free resources in there, but mainly it's designed for uh, paid monthly members. And the reason that I did this as a membership instead of a course is that Pinterest, like you said, it's constantly changing. There's new best practices. There's new ways to do things. There's, you know, ads change seemingly every week. And so the membership is designed to always give people the most up-to-date information. So it's not a course that you have to worry about, well, I paid however much money for this and it's outdated three months later or a week later. It is, yes, you're going to get all the training you need to get like you would in a course, but it's always updated with best practices. That is more for the DIY entrepreneur that, again, they know Pinterest is something they don't need to be doing later. They need to be doing it now and they want to get it's really the only resource you need for Pinterest. Um, you don't have to search endlessly for different articles. You just need to be a member of Pinterest Power Up. And the third way is what you and I did, which is the Power Hour. And that's kind of like you get me one-on-one, but you're not having to invest in monthly management. So it's an hour of us jumping on Zoom and going through one-on-one your plan, your strategy, your action steps, working on mapping out your funnel, um, all of those things that you need to do to start taking action yourself on your Pinterest strategy. It's honestly, (laughs) I, it just, that power hour just like blew my mind. Like once I found you, I've been telling everyone about you. I want you to be on everyone's team. Because it's just so helpful <laughs> for me. Thank you. So I'm. I guess I'm going to get my like shit together with my Pinterest and uh, rewire that. <laughs> you should I'm going to super that. crush on Pinterest. <laughs> right. Any last words of wisdom or anything you need to share before we jump off? Yeah, I would say you know, kind of going back to that. How much time would you put into it if it was you know a huge percentage of your ROI? It's not about doing it later if it's maybe the only thing you need to be doing. (laughs) So true. Right? Yeah. 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 So, and I understand as a business owner, that tipping point can be difficult, like carving out that time to just, okay, this is what I'm going to do and how I'm going to do it. That's where everybody gets stuck. And I have my own things with that, that I get stuck with, but this time it is going to save you, the effort it's going to save you. I mean, it's just going to blow your mind. Those light bulbs are going to go off left and right when you start doing it and you start seeing what it does for your business. I've had so many people say, oh my gosh, Kara, I wish I had listened to you a year ago, two years ago. I can't believe I waited. Is that just for, is that just for regular pinning or is that for ads? All of or it. Bo- or both. Yeah. All okay. of it. 
Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to I'm going to get on it. I feel very motivated to kind of jump back into it. But, you know, the, I think the thing for me is that it's kind of like shifting the base of a business model a it little can bit, be. you know. Well, it's because- shifting your marketing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so, you know, everything for me right now is kind of like linchpinned on Facebook, but I can kind of try out some new stuff. Yeah. I know it. Like I know there's a future in this. So right. that's why I'm so excited to have you on my team. And if I can call it that, if I Absolutely. <laughs> I know, Absolutely. Like I can just like call you up for a power hour and be like, help. You can call um, me up for a power hour anytime, my dear. Yay. And I'll, and I, I may even just come to Portland and get some more Stumptown. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. We'll do it. Um, oh, anyway, thank you so, so, so much for being on the show today. This was like awesome. Thank you so much for having me. It was so fun to chat. If you were like ready to amp up your Pinterest game, if you have been inspired by our little chat today, go to supercrush.social forward slash pin to get the show notes or visit pinterestpowerup.com to join her marketing membership that is specifically designed for online entrepreneurs. Again, go to supercrush.social forward slash pin, P-I-N, or go to pinterestpowerup.com to get more uh, deets on how to just like take your Pinterest game to the next level. And I guess that's all. It is a lovely morning here in Paris, and I'm going to go outside for a walk, maybe sit at a cafe and have some coffee, although I should probably be drinking tea right now. Anyway, thank you so much for listening to today's Super Crusher podcast. Don't forget to like, rate, and review. For some reason, that stuff counts, I guess. So do it. I'll talk to you soon. See ya.